welcome to the Be The Light Crown Edition podcast. I'm Hannah Frey, your host and pageant queen extraordinaire. Fun fact, while most people are resistant to change, I'm excited by it. So this podcast is designed to allow me to be the light for others. By sharing my experiences across countless topics where I demolished my fears, prejudice, expectation, and rebuilt brick by brick. My hope is I can encourage you to seek knowledge, implement change, and above all, trust in God. So let's get to it. It's time for some you time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Be The Light Crown Edition podcast. Today is a very exciting episode, very personal episode. I actually just took a week off. I've had a lot of thought and prep gone into today's episode in which we're going to be talking about my son Everett's eczema journey. And if you know me, if you've been on my social for a while, then you've certainly seen me post or share parts of his story. But we are actually quickly approaching the one-year anniversary of Everett's massive, what we would call, flare-up. And so from that point forward is when we really dove into a strategy to heal Everett's eczema. And it's what a journey it has been, most definitely. So since we're, again, at the one-year mark, I thought it'd be a good time to just check back in, really do a full download of his history, uh, which is where we'll start. We'll give a little bit of an explanation about what eczema is compared to psoriasis, for example. And then we're just going to go along his medical journey. And my hope and my intention is that by sharing our story with Everett's severe eczema and kind of the, the events leading up to, during, and after his healing journey, that there are folks I know, I know plenty of folks in my circle, but maybe there's folks in your circle, if you're listening, that are struggling with a similar thing and aren't getting answers through traditional uh, methods and pathways. And so I hope that this will just be an encouragement and a light and an opportunity to maybe try something different to get to that healing. So that's what today is going to be about. Let's go ahead and dive in. I want to, of course, uh, just start with like, what is eczema? I feel like a lot of folks have heard the term or probably super familiar, um, but I just wanted to go ahead and like read a definition for you. So um, it's, it's considered a group of inflammatory skin conditions that cause itchiness, dry skin, rashes, scaly patches, blisters, and skin infections. There are lots of different like quote unquote types of eczema, um, like the most popular being contact dermatitis or atopic dermatitis. Um, it's estimated that more than 31 million Americans have some form of eczema and the prevalence in children is continuing to grow. I think last I checked one in five. And so that's not normal. Let me just be very clear. Um, Just because it's common doesn't mean that it's normal. And so we don't have to accept it as such, but that's a lot of what we'll go into today. Uh, the, the term flare-up is pretty common, uh, and I mentioned it earlier. It pretty much just means that you're having an exacerbation of symptoms, whereas before you might have been managing them just fine. And so um, I'm referring to a singular flare-up event in which Everett was really managing his eczema just just fine, at very, very little impact to his day-to-day, and we immediately went into full flare-up from head, scalp, face, chest, I mean, whole body um, that we couldn't manage and get under control. So one of a very serious form of eczema. Um, I do want to be clear that like the causes of eczema per, of course, uh, physicians and the um, American Academy of Dermatology 
uh, the AAD is unknown, <laughs> no main cause, which isn't true. Uh, it most certainly is caused from uh, gut dysfunction, but that is not their stance. So just wanted to to be clear that a lot of the information I'm sharing is not going to be stuff that you're going to find by Google and through uh, researching the the AAD website. So if that scares you, then probably stop t- a good t- time to stop listening to the podcast. But if you are intrigued, then maybe continue. Um, moving forward to, uh, I want to just be clear about the difference between eczema and psoriasis because psoriasis, you'll actually see a lot of medications aimed at curing or treating psoriasis on TV. Uh, it's actually more categorized as an autoimmune disorder and so a lot of the same symptoms in terms of like the rashes and the, and the itchiness and things that can exacerbate it uh, sometimes they'll make a distinction between where your itchiness or your patches are to make that determination but frankly I think they're all kind of related and they're both treated very similarly so there you have it um, okay so I was reading from the website moving on that's what eczema is. That's what psoriasis is. Uh, some folks believe that there is a strong genetic component. I would say that yes and no. I think that just because someone has one of those conditions doesn't mean that your children will. I think that you could be more susceptible to um, to flare-ups or more susceptible to presenting those symptoms if your body isn't healthy if you, you know, aren't, um, if you're being exposed to certain toxins and that toxin overload, that toxin bucket gets too full. But in no way, shape, or form do I think that it's a death sentence or not even a death, but just like a a guarantee that if, you know, you have one of those symptoms that your children will. Um, Important to note that no one in my family that I'm aware of has eczema or had a strong correlation with eczema. My mother does have psoriasis, but she has several autoimmune disorders. So, that kind of tracks. Um, so, of course, there was the, the question of is it psoriasis or is eczema for a long time? And we kind of were very quickly able to definitively say it was eczema. Um, so, kind of explaining what his history looked like and, and how he presented. And I know this is different for everyone's kids. Uh, sometimes children are born and they present pretty serious symptoms of eczema right away. I have seen, especially in my research in the last year, just horrific horrific cases and examples of this um, presenting like commonly on the face and the scalp, uh, which is just really hard to see. For Everett, I didn't notice any dryness of the skin really until he was closer to one year old when he was consistently eating solids. And I think that had a big part to play, frankly. Uh, He was breastfed for a long time. He did have supplement with formula um, from about nine months to 12 months. And I think that uh, he was because my gut was imbalanced and I passed it on to him. And then when he was born, there were a lot of things that disrupted his gut that uh, when we then started to introduce foods, you know, we were just really starting off like way below the bar already. And so that's um, what I strongly believe uh, resulted in his presentation of eczema at such a young age. And so we initially treated it as most pediatricians recommend, oh, try um, Aquaphor or Vaseline if that doesn't work. Um, oh, over-the-counter hydrocortisone cream that usually will work too. The, the funny thing about the, the way that pediatricians and then dermatologists will, and, and not to knock the trade by any means, it's just, it's very interesting because you'll get the same treatment plan. It's just going from one drug to the next strongest drug, to the next strongest dose, to the next strongest drug. And we're just cycling out these topical steroids. And there's really little to no conversations being had around 
what are the side effects? Or it may say, sometimes it'll say on the bottle, discontinue after seven to 10 days, but that's not the same information mothers are getting in the doctor's office. It's, hey, use it until it goes away. If it comes back, use it again. If that quits working, come back and get a new cream. And um, that's just very concerning. So we'll get back into that. Um, so that was kind of our, our situation with Everett, right? So we started with, like I mentioned, the Aquaphora hydrocortisone cream. Um, I want to say closer to like age two, he was getting like packet patches um, at his creases that um, were just kind of persistent. And so we, of course, went to the next strongest steroid. Um, right around October of last year, so he would have been a little over three, three and a half, whenever he had that full body breakout and we went to the pediatrician and we went to the dermatologist and we went to, I mean, any specialist that frankly would, would listen to me. Um, we did start with, um, tri trimezidone, I think it's called, sorry, I'm going to look it up actually, cause I want to make sure I get it right. Okay. So it's called triamcinolone and that is a strong topical steroid. It also can be an injection. Uh, he's also was prescribed prednisone. So that's kind of where we were at at the end, uh, which that's very, very strong stuff if you aren't aware. Um, and that's kind of when I started, when I started to see that those things were very temporarily working, like we'd get him completely clear, I'd quit using it and he'd flare up actually worse than before. And so you just have to start listening to your gut too. It's like, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, is, does this just mean that this is his life forever? Like we're constantly like one step, two steps forward, one step back with this condition and we're always going to have to use a stronger steroid and a stronger cream. And I started looking into, you know, the side effects of these things and I'm just completely blown away at how severe and serious, I mean, skin absorption of medication is effective, which also means that it's being absorbed and it is impacting our organs and our systems. And there were very serious long-term implications to his organs. In addition to the fact that it wasn't curing the eczema, it was just continually coming back worse and I started to do research if you really want to go down a rabbit hole of like really sad things uh, topical steroid withdrawal actually is recognized by the American Academy of Dermatology for what it's worth so um, very real condition they very much downplay the number of folks who are impacted by it um, but there's a there's a great documentary out there um, just look up TSW documentary on Google and you'll find it um, that kind of highlights and exposes the overuse of steroids and how your skin actually gets addicted to the steroid use and it can happen at a very young age it happened to Everett and that's why whenever he would stop using it his body would react so violently and get so much worse because it was essentially an addiction and a craving for like more steroids and so we had to like also go through like a withdrawal from steroids which was crazy and scary on top of the already underlying eczema issues so that's kind of what his journey was. It very much started out small at age one, you know, very minimal use of these topical things until, um, you know, he was about three, almost three and a half. And then we just suddenly like hit a wall and we're fighting for our lives, essentially. I mean, I can't even tell you folks who, who were around me and just know that sleepless nights, the tears that I spent hours every day researching, praying, I mean doing reaching out to anyone and everything that I could and was uh, just met with so much resistance by the Western community and uh, was just felt so defeated. It was a very lonely and vulnerable place to be in. Um, so I say that and I share that vulnerability because if you're in that, whether it's for eczema, whether it's for any chronic condition, just know that like I see you, I have been through the exact same thing and 
keep going because there is light at the end of the tunnel. So that's kind of his timeline. I want to move into his overall medical journey and just share share kind of like some of the high level like wins and things that we ran into. Again, just hopefully this helps somebody else going through the same journey. So initially in October, as I mentioned, we of course went the traditional route of meet with a pediatrician, meet with a dermatologist, uh, several dermatologists, also the allergist. Uh, we had you know skin testing done. We had uh, food testing done. He was also went to the chiropractor and had food sensitivity testing done. And then we were doing so much testing. And let me be clear, we've spent over $20,000 in the last year combined in terms of thing updates we've had to make to our home for allergen purposes, test, doctor's visits, supplements, medications, co-pays, you name it, solid 20 grand in. And so it's absolutely unacceptable because we have insurance and insurance didn't cover the majority of the things that we needed to get him to a healing place. Um, so as we're meeting with those specialists, the consensus is, of course, more steroids, more medications. Uh, Dupixent was a uh, kind of a last resort that was brought up, and that was really when I kind of like rebuked Western medicine and just decided to go down the functional path, um, which was such a godsend to be clear. But Dupixent is a injection that children have to take every, I think, three to six weeks. It's very costly. It, the injection itself is painful. Sure, it clears up the eczema, um, but also the number one side effect of Dupixent is eczema. Fact check that. That's real. Go look it up. So it's wild to me um, that that's their solution. And there's not there, you know, there weren't conversations had prior to that of, hey, let's look at diet or let's look at, you know, anything else that, you know, potentially could be a lower lift uh, versus this, this lifelong sentence of his dependency on this injection. And, and I have friends whose kids are on Dupixent and some have reported side effects and some kids are doing fine, but there's no, there's no way to know long-term health implications, right, without traveling to the future. So was just not the choice for me not to shame or make anyone feel less than if that was presented to you as the only option. Cause I get it. I, in that moment, I felt very vulnerable. I felt like this is my only choice is to, to do this because I was being told you're a bad mom because you're letting him be miserable and I can heal him within a week. And it simply isn't true. It's not healing. It's masking a symptom in lieu of other issues. And so at this point, like I mentioned, it was full body. Um, we kind of started diving into some of the quick wins with like comfort. So uh, oatmeal baths, uh, topical moisturizers. Uh, of course, we looked at cutting out gluten and dairy and other irritants from the diet. Uh, we, you know, started, uh, we did blood work. We did, um, we did do some testing. My biggest regret is that I wasn't aware of and didn't know about like the GI mapping and gut testing specifically. We did uh, the blood work testing. We did food sensitivity testing. Um, but I just wish that that had been recommended earlier on and it wasn't and, and that's okay. But um, that probably would have saved us a little bit of time. I started following accounts um, and, I, and I will link some of those in the show notes if you're interested in listening to podcasts, really just opening my mind. What I will say what's hard about that, and I had this conversation with one of my um, friends who was on my healthcare provider podcast, is that once you open the door and once you learn, you can't unlearn. You can't unsee it. And so I was being inundated not just with things related to eczema, but just the way that our bodies and my whole family was being poisoned from our water, from our food, from our air, from things inside my home, our cleaning products, our clothing, all of it, our cell phones, you know, like EMF. I mean, it was just... 
I completely shut down and was in a very dark place because I'm trying to navigate how do I heal my son it felt like survival mode but I'm learning and and I'm taking in all this information about how I'm also poisoning myself how this was my fault I'm learning that the impact of uh, jabs I don't want to say the the v word on here but you guys know what I mean how a lot of those are are known and linked and proven to also have the side effect of eczema again that's on the insert that's facts go look it up as well as our uh, the hep the hep b uh, v word is related to increased yeast in children and yeast is known to cause eczema and other health issues and so it was hard to sit there and think this was my fault because in reality it was in reality like I wasn't healthy I thought I was I thought I was like avoided fast food most of the time and like that was good enough and it's unfortunately it's just not on today's day and world because even when you think you're buying like fresh foods and veggies you could totally be blindsided with like chemicals that are added in or um things that they're spraying the preservatives on top of them I mean there's just there's just so much that you think you're doing good and, and you're you're really still not getting exactly what you were hoping for and so I passed that on to him in the womb and then I subjected him to round after round after round of antibiotic for these ear infections. Again, never being told, never being instructed, never being educated that there were possibly dietary changes. There were like more natural things that we could do to ease his symptoms versus just giving him antibiotics, which may or may not have even been addressing the ear infection because a lot of ear infections are uh, viral and not even bacterial. And so all of that just like destroying his gut. Um, so just know that it's accumulation of effects. So people always ask me, well, what caused his eczema? I don't have an answer for you. I don't have a single thing. It is a lifetime, my lifetime plus his lifetime of poor decisions, most of the time unknown, you know, unintentionally and toxin impact and toxin overload. I like to explain it kind of like a bucket. So imagine that your your capacity to to take things in that are good or bad, um, we'll just say bad, and metabolize them and heal yourself because God made our bodies to be self-healing. Like we are we are made in his image and it is intentional that we have what we need to to heal our bodies and preserve our bodies. But say that you have this bucket and you know, back in the day there weren't as many things that were going into your toxin bucket, right? Like we didn't have, um, you know, 5G. We didn't have, you know, the same uh, pesticides. We didn't have the same issues with our our water um, and and things we're putting into our food, um, et cetera. And so, but nowadays, there's so many things going into the bucket, like all the dyes, all the additives and preservatives and like manufactured meat, like lab-grown meat. I mean, there's just so much stuff, right? And so for him, he started out, his bucket was already half full because of how he was made in my body because I wasn't you know my gut wasn't optimal and so he's born he gets v words right and that kind of raises his risk and then he's getting all these antibiotics and that kind of raises his bucket and so it's filling up and there's this little hole in the bottom of the bucket right where his immune system the thing that like the reason why we breastfed right that all of what we're trying to aim for is his body able to clear stuff on its own small little pinhole but we're adding in so much on top of this bucket it's starting to overflow and on halloween of last year that final exposure, he he actually wore a clothing item that I hadn't washed in our detergent. It was com- my fault. Obviously, this was going to happen, you know, one way or another. But that was the trigger. It was that last little drop in the bucket, and it just overflowed. And his his immune system and his body and his skin just could 
not take another drop. And he just completely flared out. And that was his body's way of saying, help me. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Now that I look back on it, I can kind of appreciate how incredible it is that our body is designed and made in a way in which it can tell us outwardly when we need help like that. But so many times, again, in Western medicine, we just ignore it and we just try to put a cream on it or put something on it to suppress it instead of finding out but why? What is the root cause for my skin screaming like this? For my son's skin screaming like this? And ultimately, um, so starting in January of that next year is really when we kind of went through uh, our bullet list of things that we could clean up. So remove toxin exposures, right? So started with soaps. We put air filters in the house. We got two new HVAC systems. That was a big chunk of the the 20 grand that I mentioned. Um, that was actually 20 grand in and of itself. So I'm not even including that whole cost. Um, filters on our water, you know, really cleaning up our food. Obviously, we were already cutting some stuff from his diet because we thought that was triggering it. Um, it was a lot. It's a long journey. It's a lot to research. It is more costly. I'm not going to pretend that it isn't. Not not every time, not in every situation, but in some cases, yes. Like, and I'm not even saying eat 100% organic because that's not always the answer either. Um, it's so much more deeper than that. And so, January, February, March, we're doing that. We're we're reaching out to and making connections with functional doctors. He's still full blown like. I mean, sores from scratching so hard. We were having to put him in onesies and wrap his hands so he wouldn't scratch himself at night. I mean, he's like crying himself to sleep every night. When I tell you that it was um, the most, it was the worst few months of my life because he was, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't ease his pain. I couldn't ease the itching and the suffering and it was relentless. I mean, relentless and so sorry I'm getting I'm getting a little emotional and I figured that I would but it's just um I've shared some of the pictures but a lot of people don't even know just like the sleepless nights um and the fear and the guilt and the the guilt ate me alive it still continues to eat me alive um and I just try to give myself grace. But I'm so thankful for all the people that God put in my life. And as soon as I opened myself up to to the Lord and was just like, I need you. I need you more than ever. And I need you to, to heal him. And I need you to show me what to do. Things started falling in place. I started being connected to accounts online that were teaching me about how to keep my home clean, how to keep the toxins away from my family, that were showing me how to eat healthy and, and appropriate swaps, that were showing me... Um, what can I do from an eczema standpoint to manage him healthy versus like, uh, like Johnson and Johnson, like lotion products, like no, like all natural, um, like African shea butter and essential oils and things of that nature. Um, not to mention that in the middle of all this, he also developed a very serious case of ringworm, which just like really prolonged things. And again, it was just, I think he was susceptible to it and it was really hard to heal. There were so many people that God placed in our life to guide us, not not limited to, but including our chiropractor who did functional uh, frequency medicine um, treatments on him, most of which at no cost, which we probably couldn't have afforded all of it um, because he was just so invested in getting him healed and getting his body's cells back into an appropriate frequency to which they could heal themselves. And so frequency medicine is, is a whole other side of like 
functional healing, but I don't know a lot about it, but just know that there are, um, that's an option. Obviously, spiritual healing and trust was something that we were heavily invested in. And then we did find a great functional provider locally who is also my doctor and whose son now goes to Everett School. So it's just really cool full circle moment. Um, and she was doing, you know, a cell core cleanse, which took four months. And so that cleanse was a, a February, March, April, May. Um, we just kind of wrapped that up and that healed him about 80% of the way. And what that cleanse did is it addressed mold, yeast, parasites, and uh, bad bacteria in his gut. All four can lead to eczema and other serious health issues. And I just wish we had tested first to see which we should have addressed maybe first, um, the cell core cleanse is pretty aggressive. And so during those four months, um, very volatile, like bowel movements, um, bouts of sickness. Um, yeah, it, the medicine was terrible. It tasted terrible and he had to take it twice a day. He was on like over 12 to 15 capsules. If I remember every day, which was just so hard to, to get the buy-in from a four-year-old, right? Um, it was a very hard time, but I'm just so thankful that at the end of that four months, we got to a place where he was like 80% of the way healed. Then I found the GI um, gut map testing, GI map gut testing. And I've talked a little bit about that on a recent episode, but essentially that tested his uh, stool and showed us, okay, what's left? What what did that cleanse not address? And he still has almost 200 times the acceptable normal threshold for yeast in his body. Can you imagine what it was before? I can't. I can't even breathe sometimes at night thinking about how much worse his testing would have been because he's 80% of the way cleared skin-wise. So he's got a small, maybe even more, maybe 90%. He's got small a small patch on his butt. His quality of life is a hundredfold increase. He can wear shorts again. He can eat dairy again. We did have to cut gluten. His testing showed that he was still having sensitivity issues to gluten. But, like, his life has so much drastically improved. I haven't had to do an oatmeal bath or a bentonite clay bath or a baking soda and whatever bath. I mean, apple cider vinegar. We haven't had to do any of that stuff in months and he's having no issues. I mean, it's just, it's truly, um, I like to think a miracle case. And I also firmly believe that we're going to get 100% of the way there. I have absolutely no doubt. We now have a great care team in place, but it was a lot of trial of error. There's also a lot of information out there on the internet that can be misleading or not relevant to your case. And so I think I wasted, uh, this is my, my reflective portion. Um, my takeaway is that I wasted a lot of time, I think going in the wrong direction. I don't think anything I did hurt. It just may have not directly helped um and it may have just indirectly benefited our family in some way if not him then you know someone else um but i i think that you should just it was so costly so that that was a big part of what i was trying to do things on my own i really should have just committed to the testing committed to the to the the consults with the functional providers um instead of wasting thousands of dollars on western providers that pretty much were useless um just so we could have gotten to a place of healing faster but i i i know that god's journey for me was intentional i know that i learned wrong things i know that i tried wrong things i know that i was introduced to folks and accounts and information uh, whether it benefited my son directly or not because it made me a more well-rounded person capable of addressing his eczema and actually healing him from the inside out so that i could share this story with others and i truly truly believe that um the last thing i want to say on that front from what i've learned is that 
learn from my mistakes. If you or someone you love is suffering, suffering from eczema or any other like skin condition, I would love to point you in the right direction. Um, again, it may not be exactly the same case as ours, but there are resources out there for you. You can heal eczema for good. Children may grow out of it, but they very well may not. And when I say grow out of it, that just means their body is compensating for it in another way. You have got to get to the root cause of those issues. I promise, I promise you, it'll be worth it. It is a lot of work. It can be expensive, but our children deserve the best. And so that's just my kind of my soapbox there. Um, I want to end with a find the light and be the light section, and then we'll wrap up in prayer. So in terms of finding the light, uh, seek informed consent. That was a big roadblock for me is I'm going to these appointments and I'm being told to pick since the answer and not being informed about the side effects or not understanding how, what is the mechanism of this drug? How does it even work? I had to ask those questions and was fought and met with resistance. Also trying to understand the impact of jabs or the V word on his condition and being met with extreme contempt um, and judgment, frankly. And so seek informed consent. There are uh, great accounts that I will link. Um, just the inserts is one that will, again, it's not pro or anti, it's informed consent, it's information. And that's what we should be uh, striving for. Next, surround yourself with people who are open and willing to question the norms. Um, I think a lot of times there's this misconception of there's everyone else and then there's conspiracy theorists. There is a wide breadth of gray in between there. And, um, you know, the joke is always that the difference between facts and a conspiracy theorist is three months. So, um, take that for what it's worth, but I would say that that helped me a lot. I have some amazing people who I didn't even know could help me with these things until I started just being more open and transparent. Next, be the light. So, what I would say is gently offer advice when it's appropriate. Uh, God did grant us with the ability to have discernment. And so while that's uh, specifically related to, um, you know, sharing the gospel, I also think that we have that ability for discernment to to talk to folks when it feels appropriate, if they're struggling with something. Um, and even if it's not directly offering advice, if it's indirectly through social media and, you know, those folks are watching, um, obviously just be careful not to spread misinformation. But if it's your truth, then it's your truth. And I can tell you with 100% this is facts. This is my life. I have healed my son's eczema almost to completion and at 360 and within one year. And this is real. And there is no, you can't take that away from me. And so I hope that encourages others. Uh, so lastly, my last point, of course, is to share your story, which is what I'm doing today. I'm sharing my story with y'all. Uh, we're, we're not 100% of the way there, but we're so close. Just given that it was the one year anniversary, I wanted to, to kind of again, lay everything down for you. And I, of course, will provide a follow-up, um, whether it's six months or a year after this last bit of his protocol, where we're clearing the rest of the yeast out, we're rebalancing his gut, we're cutting gluten. Uh, we expect that to be about a six-month kind of slow healing process. And then he should be able to add gluten back in, and he should be able to just really um, heal himself and, and, and just be optimally um, designed to, to handle uh, toxins in the future. So, I hope this was encouraging. I really hope that you've learned something about eczema. If anything, just learned about what it's like to be a mom who has a, a child with a chronic health condition and just feel encouraged that no matter what condition you're dealing with, there's likely other things that you can be doing or learning about or treatment options. And so never give up. Know that I am here if you ever want to talk, receive advice, if you have feedback on the episode, I'd love to listen to that as well. And so we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Dear God, I just want to thank you again for such an incredible year. Um, I know that I'm going to get emotional again, but 
I know that it's easy to think of when we're at our, our lowest moments and our hardest times that you're not um, you're not walking alongside us. But I know God how how un, untrue that is, and I felt you along every every moment, every tear, um, every heartbreak, every disappointment. I felt you there. I felt the purpose. I felt that there was more to the story and I just I really trusted that you were going to see us through and, and you have and I'm just so so thankful for you um so thankful for the people in my life who have helped us to get here as well Lord and their knowledge and um, I just hope that if there's even one person who needs to hear this story today to feel your encouragement um to, to know that there is hope out there for for healing that um you help this podcast reach that person God and um, we're just so thankful for your grace and your love and in Jesus name we pray amen Whew. all right everyone thank you so much and we'll see you next time